You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. And I'm telling you, I can't wait to preach. They never asked me to preach at these conferences. (laughs) But we will not be outdone. The title of my message is... will not be outdone. I mean, if you're going to have a title of royalty, come on, girls. Thank you, Luke. And let me just say this. God has tried us men this week. Being surrounded by 190-something women That's a lots of estrogen. (laughs) Women, when you pull in the parking lot, guys, you're going to thank me for this. I'll take the bullet for this one. Have your crap together. (laughs) I don't know what y'all are doing in your car, but get it together. I pull up in the buggy waiting on you, and you're, I don't know what you're doing in there. I'm going to mess your hair up on that ride. Just get in the buggy. Put your shoes on. Get your phone put up. Get get out of the car. You know you're going to be here. It's a half a mile down here. Get ready. (laughs) Me and you're welcome. Y'all know when y'all pull up to a restaurant, you're starving to death. You want to get out, and she's over there putting her shoes on her clothes. <laughs> Preachy, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was great. And I could not wait to preach my message today. Because I'm telling you, God's doing something in our day. He is doing something in our day. And when God reorders the order of his house, God has been reordering the order of his house. And the thing about that is, it's not easy. Because what happens is, is God has to shake loose some things. He's got to shake loose some old doctrines of demons and some traditions of men. Some complacencies. Some comfort. Come on. That's never easy for us. And so God has to shake a little bit of things. He has to move us away from some things. But see, the problem is God never changes, but we do. And so in those, we get complacent. We get old religious mindsets. We get familiarity. 
we allow the devil to normalize sin. And we just accept that. Come on. And then slowly it erodes away at who we are. Course correction is His grace and mercy on display for His covenant people. His faithfulness to His covenant brings us back into right alignment with His kingdom and His rule and His authority. And let me tell you, that does two things. It reveals our assignment. And it calls out who you really are on the inside of you. When he begins this course correction and things begin to shake and we become in right alignment, then our assignment begins to become clear. And in that assignment, right alignment brings right assignment. It becomes clear why we're here, what we're to do, and what God's doing. Come on, are y'all with me? To wear the crown, one needs to understand the symbol of that crown. If you see somebody walking around with a buckle on from a rodeo or something, they don't just give those away. The NFR buckle that I wear, you, never, you just see the buckle. You don't see how many hours I spent in a pickup truck. KK knows. the sun going down and then the sun coming up. The many hours of sweat and blood and tears that it takes to get something to the NFR. Come on, are y'all with me? You have to understand to wear the crown She talked about putting the crown on. Didn't see all the preparatory schools that Queen Elizabeth had to go to. Come on. Yeah, we see her sitting on the throne and riding around in the limos and the Rolls Royces, but we don't see what she sacrificed a life of normalcy, what we call normal. Come on. Friends. We like to throw rocks. Come on. See, the crown is a symbol of a person's high status, their authority, and their sovereignty. Sovereignty. That is your free will to make your choice. Come on. The crown is a badge of honor. It's a symbol of conquerors and victors. 
And here's what I love about the crown. It's not the first thing you put on. It's the finish. Jesus said it is finished. Come on, are y'all with me? You don't start out putting the crown molding in your house. There is a process of foundation and frame and walls and floor and... Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? The crown is the finish. When you've been through the preparation and you've been through the process to get there to be able to wear it with authority and sovereignty... It's the finish. Yeah. It is finished. Come on. Here's the other thing you need to know. The devil hates those three words. It is finished. He hates that. Because here's the deal. The devil will use anyone willing. The devil's always looking for somebody to hire out. Anything available, he'll use your own pride and your own ego to cut your head off to remove your crown. Exodus. We're going to take a look at our rightful position. You have a rightful position. And if you don't know that rightful position, you're not going to be able to go through the process to receive the crown. Come on. To walk in the finished. Oh, man. That chair went through a process to become a product to be a finished product. It even went through testing. Come on. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He is the king of... He's the king of kings. He calls us to be a kingdom of priests for his own possession. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Come on. We don't have to apologize for that. I'm not apologizing for being a king's kid. I'm not apologizing for having a moral standard. We used to tell our boys when they left the house all the time, remember who you are. 
Remember who you are. Who are you? You're a Hilton? Yeah, 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 you're a Hilton. But you're blood-bought, Holy Ghost-taught, and you're filled with the power of God. Remember who you are. He had it tattooed down his ribs. He ain't forgot that. Remember who you are. See, we get all this noise in this ground clutter that's always coming against who we are. They're normalizing sin every commercial you watch. Come on. The news gets us all jacked up, jerked up. Oh, I can't believe all that. Like God's up there wringing his hands trying to figure out how he's going to pull this off. Come on. This is a royal order of belonging. Exodus 19, Deuteronomy 28, it is a royal order of belonging for the purpose of chief ruler and prince over your life. A sovereignty that you can tell the devil take a hike. Come on. You take a hike. This is what the Word of God says. That's why we come here every Sunday and declare it in praise and worship. We're not just singing sweet by and by, bringing in the sheaves. You hear what I'm saying? When we sing there's power in the blood, we believe there's power in the blood. Come on. Well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of Him. Your excellencies. Come on. That we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out. Come on, called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We're not like that. Keisha tells her kids all the time, we're, we're just not like that. That's not who we are. Thank you. That's not who we are. Because he's called us out. We are a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And I'm sorry if that offends the world, but... I'm sorry, world. I can't help that. That's who we are. And they can like it or lump it. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm tired of just sitting back and watching people just, oh, that's just kind of how it is, and I'm just going to wait till heaven comes and... 
That's not what we're called to do. We're not called to say a prayer and wait for heaven. We're called to occupy. And you can't occupy unless you're sovereign. Oh, man. Come on. Yeah. We're the king's kid. See, once you understand the why behind the what, the crown takes on a whole new meaning, and it helps us keep from running off the rails. Because too often we run off the rails. And we forget that our sovereignty comes from, from Him. Being in right alignment. I can't be an ambassador and be given my own opinions. And coming up with my own doctrinal laws and issues. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not my opinion that He healed me. It's not my opinion that, oh, he's blessed me. No, we are blessed. He wants us high above and not beneath. All nations on earth. That's powerful. We are the best country on the planet. And we're allowing people to tell us that we're bigoted, unloving, racist. Come on, are y'all hearing me? And we're not. We've done more good than anybody else on the planet. Why would they be flooding in here? Come on. See, there's a reason why we do things excellent here. Oh, y'all are just entertaining everybody. Oh, it's all just... No, this is proclaiming the excellencies of God. And if you sat in here, you have been touched by the Holy Spirit of God. Not all this. Come on. But we're going to do things with excellence all the time. It didn't matter what building we was in. When we was in the building next to the bar, we did things with excellence. Even though the roof was about to fall in, we still did things with excellence. Come on. Because that's what we were taught. We learned. Man, excellence. See, this was a conditional promise that God made to his people in the wilderness that they never fully realized. They never fully realized it because when they come out of Egypt, they couldn't get rid of that slave mentality. Come on. That is killing America right now. We got to move on. They never could move on from it. And they never could go and possess because they couldn't let go of who they were to see who they really were in. Come on. See, the book of Judges is a documentary of this very thing. 
they do good and they just go through this cycle. They'd get complacent. They'd get comfortable. They would sin. They would cry out. God would send a deliverer. They would get comfortable, complacent, get into sin, start serving idols, forget God. God would send a deliverer. And they just, it's a cycle. And you're thinking, wow, I've been there. Yes, we've all been there. And that's the process we're working through. Us. We're our own worst enemy. Come on. And if you're not careful, the culture we live in wants to keep you in fear and offended all the time. Because if they can keep you in fear and keep you offended, he, uh, the word offense means scandal. It's just one scandal after another. Come on. See, they wouldn't accept the call of excellence on their life. Man. They would not accept the call of excellence. There is a responsibility that comes with a crown that we can't take lightly. See, some years back, here, here's what's something. In Corinthians, it talks about we look into a mirror dimly. We prophesy in part and we know in part. That's why we have to have prophecy. And we have, yes, the excellence of love. I get it. But we got to have the spiritual gifts too because we know in part and we prophesy in part. But until the perfect comes, we ain't going to know everything just exact. Come on, are y'all with me? And some years back, the Lord gave me a message that was really prophetic to where this correction, transformation, this reordering the order. And we're going to get a clearer picture of it here again. Because when he started with us about this reordering, it was, he, this ain't church as usual. That he's changing the face of the church from a sheep to a lion. And let me tell you something. After he dropped that in our spirit, it was nothing but lion after lion. You never heard preachers preaching on lions. And when he dropped that in our spirit, it's like he bolted out across the United States. And everywhere you look, my lines are gone. Keisha, Kelsey, Kelsey's the decorator. Took my lines. That was with my wife. Betrayed in my own house. They're here somewhere. Thanks, daughter. Yeah. Luke chapter 9, verse 54. And when his disciples, James and, James and John, saw this, 
They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And you think, <laughs> James and John, they were, they were a little edgy, okay? They was wanting to call fire down. What makes them think that they could say, let me call fire down? Lord, let me, boy, just think if we had that. There wouldn't be no problem. We wouldn't have our current administration, I can tell you that. Why, why would they say that? Because Elijah called fire down three times. We always think about the one time when Jezebel and all the men, he called fire down and it consumed the offering and licked up all the water and then Elijah went and killed the prophets. But there was two other times that the king sent messengers to Elijah to say, hey, we need you to come. And Elijah called fire down and killed them all. So the king was dumb enough to send another company and a captain to Elijah, and they came and they said, hey, the king wants to see you. Elijah called down fire. And poof, the king sends a third company. This guy had already smelt Come on. He comes to Elijah and he does this. We're talking about a regime of harlotry, of rebellion, of idolatry. Come on. This man comes. This captain, he begged for his life and his men that were with him and asked him politely, will you come? Elijah understood his position and who he was. And he wasn't just going to jump at every whim Come on. Hmm. Matthew chapter 11, verse 14. Jesus. Jesus deals with John the Baptist trying to wrap his head around if he was the one. John the Baptist baptized Jesus, John the Baptist in his mother's womb, come on. When Mary walks by pregnant with Jesus, John the Baptist in his mother's womb says, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> They're cousins. 
John the Baptist and Jesus are cousins. He baptizes him and says, this is the son. I'm not even willing to, I can't even worthy to untie his sandals. And he's in prison fixing to get his head cut off. And he says, sends his disciples to Jesus. Are you the one or shall we look for another? John is trying to wrap his head around the Messiah spitting on the ground, putting it in people's eyes, putting demons into hogs. The methods are messing him up. Come on. just trying to get all this in right perspective. And he tells his disciples, you go back and you tell John what you've seen. The dead are raised, the blind receive sight, the lame are walking, and the poor preach the good news. And then he says the most powerful thing, blessed is he who does not stumble over me. And in this reordering of the order, we've got to be very careful not to stumble over Jesus. When you start seeing people in this building that you would never thought was ever be in church, Chad, Joey, David, come on, Coy, Kobe, Wade, Ann. I'm just pointing out people I know and they've run amok with. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Mike, look at Mike trying to sit back there and not be called out. <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you, when God starts doing something, it's not going to look normal. It is not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. A move of God never looks like or is comfortable for us. Come on. Blessed is he who does not stumble over me. And then in verse 14, he says, and if you care to accept it, he's talking about John. He himself, he's given a tribute to John. He says, he who, he, if you can accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children singing in the marketplace who call out to the other children and say, we played the flute for you. You did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he, ha he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax gatherers and sinners. Yet wisdom, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Here's what I'm telling you. Here's what Jesus is telling you. Hang on. Hang on. Because it may not look like what you think it is, but wisdom will be vindicated by her deeds. You will see fruit from this. Come on. Psalms 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That right there keeps us from running off course. The fear of the Lord 
the terrible dread of displeasing God brings wisdom to you. Come on. The terrible dread of displeasing God. To stay in right alignment with Him allows us to be sovereign and be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Oh, my God. Where fire falls. Come on. Changes the whole atmosphere. Brings truth. Come on. Purifies. Come on. Mm, 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 mm. So we need wisdom. And we can't allow old spiritual mindsets stifle what God has ordained for who we really are. When Jesus referred to Elijah, it was a call to wear a crown. When Jesus referred to Elijah, it was a call to us, a call for the reorder of the order, for purpose and duty. Come on, man. If you can accept this, oh, man, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. The very last chapter of the Old Testament, the very, very last verse in the Old Testament, God said, look what he said. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. You don't get a crown without it being passed down. What did Jesus say? It is finished. Come on. It's finished. Man. We see that Jesus addressed that Elijah, it's not going to be exactly him. See, there is a successor, but there's no success without a successor. Come on. The kingdom of God works on succession. A royal line, I can't remember which one who talked about it, the royal line is passed down for generation to generation to generation. Queen Elizabeth can track hers back to the 1200s. 1200 years. That's a succession. Come on, man. We track our lineage back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all have got to start bringing your hankies. <laughs> Our lineage 
that God began preparing to pass down to us to be able to wear the crown after Jesus said, it's finished. Come on now. He started with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because here's the deal. Elijah stirs up an anointing that is on the inside of you. It awakens the seed that God planted in you. And the most amazing thing about the seed that's in you is that it doesn't matter what your lineage was. Come on. God hid the seed of Jesus in Rahab the harlot. Oh, my God, y'all. There's no reason for us to sit under guilt and condemnation wearing a fake crown of guilt and condemnation like a Burger King crown. Man, are y'all in here? Because that's what the devil wants you to wear is a crown of guilt and condemnation. And God says, hey, I send my son. It is finished. Here's this. And Elijah is what wakes up. Come on. <laughs> he wakes up that purpose and that duty of the sons and daughters. He calls that out. That's when you start getting your assignment. That's when it starts becoming clear. Come on. First Kings chapter 19. Elijah comes out of a cave. He runs from Jezebel. See, it always bothered me that Jesus would say, if you can accept it, Elijah has come. And I'm thinking, what? why was he so successful? Because what sticks out in my mind is that one woman scared him off into the wilderness. That bothered me. Especially after you done killed all these prophets and you called down fire. That bothered me until I went to looking. Elijah runs a day's journey into the wilderness. That's where us men like to be anyway. Women were created in the garden. Men were created outside and placed in the garden. That's why we're so different. Come on. So Elijah runs to the wilderness one day, lays down, says, take me, I'm done. It's basically what he said in Liberty County terms. I'm, I'm done. God said, hey, sends an angel, feeds him, 
says, get ready, we're going 40 more days to the wilderness. So they go 40 more days. He gets in this cave, and God said, what are you doing here? My first thought would be, because you brought me here, I was ready to just come on home. <laughs> so he's in this cave. God said, what are you doing here? He starts giving him his laundry list of why he's there. And then the wind starts blowing so hard that it's breaking the rocks around him. It's moving, breaking rocks. And then all of a sudden the earth begins to quake. A shifting going on. And then all of a sudden... After this shifting takes place, here comes this fire comes rolling through there. And Elijah is in this cave like, holy smokes, I've gone too far. And then this gentle wind starts blowing and he wraps his anointing, his mantle, covers his face and he walks out of the cave and God asks him again, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? God says, Here's what I want you to do. Verse 15, And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael king over Aram. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Japheth, mm -hmm. you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Each one of these men had an anointing. Haziel dealt with Israel's apostasy, their unfaithfulness. Come on. Jehu dealt with the rebellious house of Ahab. What really got me was, as he said, who Haziel doesn't kill... A Jehu will kill. Who Jehu doesn't kill, Elisha will kill. And I'm thinking, Elisha never killed nobody. What's going on here? Elijah did not anoint Jehu. Hear me. Elisha did. Elisha anointed Jehu as a continuation of his ministry. When Elijah was finished, see, God couldn't let Elijah, take Elijah then because it wasn't done. Elisha was the continuation. But here's the thing. Elisha 
didn't continue the ministry until he went through a process of trying to be talked out of going with Elijah. There it is. How many times have we allowed the noise to talk us out of a double portion of the crown? Come on, man. How many times did those other young prophets tell Elisha, well, you know he's going to be taken up. Why don't you just stay here and hang out with us? No, I'm with him. I'm here to serve him. I'm here to go through whatever he's going through. I mean, he, Elijah himself said, hey, you just need to stay here. And he said, nope, nothing but death's going to part us. Come on, just like Naomi and Ruth. Ruth said, nothing but death is going to separate us. A Moabite woman is in the lineage of Jesus. God hid the seed in a Moabite woman that was considered no more than a dog to the Jewish people. And God hid the seed of Jesus in this woman. I don't care what your past is or what the world's tried to label you. Come on, man. It's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to say, I will not leave you. I am here till the end. And Elisha got a double portion of Elijah's anointing. All the miracles that Elijah did, Elisha did twice as much. Turn the heart of the father to the sons and the sons to the father. This is a process to wear the crown. Come on, are y'all with me? Haziel was the wind that broke up all that old religious mindset. The old doctrines of demons and traditions of men. Jehu was that earthquake. It's that inner hoo man stirring when the core heats up on the earth and it begins to shift inwardly, it changes the outer character. Come on. Jehu totally wiped out Ahab's house. Come on. Elisha was the fire. Elisha brings the truth, purification, to get in right alignment for the right assignments. Come on, y'all with me. See, we got to be willing to do whatever it takes to go through the process to get to it is finished. Because here's the deal. Here's when you know it's finished. 
you say, well, I don't know when it's, when, when I'm going to, here's when you get your crown. When you're being pressed and squeezed and mashed, you, where you don't even know if you know God anymore, and you bend your knee and you say, thy will be done. Thy will be done. When you humble yourself to no matter the pain or the cost, your salvation's free, but your anointing costs you everything. You will die to yourself. Come on. Thy will be done, not mine. That's where John the Baptist got. Let me tell you something. They didn't drag Paul, John the Baptist, to that head chopper off thing. No, they walked up there and laid their head down. Huh? Think about that. Think about the old blood and the smell on that deal. And they gladly... Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily because I know I'm going to lose my head one day. You didn't have to drag him there. They didn't have to drag Jesus to that whipping post either. I don't even think they had to tie him to it. I don't think you could have got him off of it. For them to rip his flesh off of him. I don't think they had to tie him to it. I don't think you could have pried him off of it. Because he said, thy will be done. Come on, you want to pass something on to your kids? You pass on thy will be done to see thy kingdom come. Paul said, Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He had it figured out. I've got to press. Come on, y'all stand. Jesus said, my father, it is, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. Come on, where are you at this morning? He's reordering the order. The world wants us to walk around as victims. That's what, they, that's what they want. Because if they can keep you a victim and dependent and not sovereign, oh my gosh, come on. They can control 
what you think, what you have, what you say, what you can't say. You see how we got to where we're at? You see how we got to where we're at? Are you willing to wear, are you willing to go through what it takes to wear the crown? That's what the call is. Do you believe this word enough to not debate the devil over it? The devil showed up and began to debate Eve over the word of God and what he said, and she lost her crown. The Word of God is for us to believe and to receive, not to debate the devil over. That's right. Because if he can get you debating it, he'll take your crown from you. Right. I know it sounds crazy. Like a fox. Come on. But when God says nothing is impossible, I believe it. I believe it. When God says I can restore your life, I believe it. When he says I can deliver you, I believe it. When he says I've come to set you free, I believe it. And when he said, it is finished, I believe it. I just believe it, Chad. I just believe it, Kennedy. Corey. I'm just going to believe it. Who's with me? You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're set apart. You're set high above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Come on, can you believe that? If you're struggling with that, read about who you are. Because if you can read about who you are, it'll change the whole course of your entire life. Because the Father's heart has been turned back to His children. Come on, there's a crown waiting for you. There's a crown waiting for you has your name on it. There's nothing like a crown that says you belong. This is your inheritance. This is your legacy. This is your lineage. Come on.
Father, I come to you this morning. I thank you. Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, that you begin to stir in our spirit. To awaken the call, the purpose, and the duty. Make the assignment clear. As we proclaim your excellencies, Father, we're only here because you have called us here. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love y'all, and we will see y'all next Sunday.